Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Today we're joined by John Kepner, owner of Zeke's Coffee, D.C., located in Woodridge on Rhode Island Avenue. John, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We were super excited when Zeke's came to the avenue a few years ago, and my excitement still <laughs> remains, especially with the outdoor seating. Yeah, so thanks. That's pretty exciting. We are also caffeinated. It's just ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that seating was a long time coming. Yes, that made it even better. So can you give our listeners a brief history of Zeke's? I understand that this is sort of a family Yes, or... yes. Uh, Zeke's is a family business. We started in Baltimore in 2005. And I was always the weekend guy helping out in D.C. And um, somewhere around 2012, we decided we were getting tired of driving up and down 95, and we needed to find a place in Washington, D.C. for a second roastery. So um, I talked to my family in Baltimore. Uh, we worked out um, an, a, an agreement. We call it the, uh, the Columbia Line. So Zeke's D.C. handles everything south of Columbia. They take everything north of Columbia. And, uh, yeah, we are a, a small batch coffee roastery, so we roast the coffee beans in-house. We import them from the coffee farms around the world, roast them in-house on a, uh, a very small 10-pound roaster. So it's sort of what, uh, you know, micro or nano brewing is to beer, we are to coffee. And, uh, you know, we roast in small batches and then uh, serve the coffee in our cafe and also, you know, help caffeinate a couple of other uh, stores and restaurants around the city. So I noticed that your D.C. location, or maybe Baltimore also, I've passed by that but haven't gone inside, is referred to as a, as a coffee lab. Yes. Is that uh, because yeah, of the small batch? And We do the small batch. We do a lot of uh, unique brewing methods that you don't find in your average coffee shop. And, you know, we use it as a space to try new things. Um, we, you know, we recently added um, nitro cold brew to our menu. So it's sort of... Uh, you know, like a, like a Guinness pours uh, when you get it on draft at a bar. Uh, you get that cascading effect. Um, we, we tried that out with uh, iced cold brew. We, uh, you know, we, uh, we infused nitrogen into it and uh, achieved that same sort of Guinness cascading effect. So, um, you know, when we try new things out like that, we, you know, we sort of, I guess, our customers are also the guinea pigs, you know, mm -hmm. trying new roasts, um, new uh, new techniques and uh, you know we wanted to be a space where we could try new things and then you know uh, you know share those ideas with our customers perfect so I know you told us how you all came to come to DC how did you choose Rhode Island Avenue how did we get so lucky you know it was friends of Rhode Island Avenue we um, uh, my family and I have um, a lot of friends in the neighborhood who live uh, you know between Woodridge and Brookland and uh, they were the first ones who told us we have to talk to Friends of Rhode Island Avenue, told us about the types of things that uh, the group was doing, you know, going to other businesses around the city, and uh, that, you know, sort of the neighborhood was hungry for a coffee shop. So, uh, you know, I called, I called the organization, um, met with Kyle and Merle and uh, some folks at WACEF, and we, uh, you know, we had that first meeting, you know, found out what the neighborhood was interested talked about our vision and, uh, you know, figured out something uh, that we thought would work well on Rhode Island Avenue. Uh, the first space we looked at um, after the meeting, we actually lost to somebody else. You know, we, you know, we were both trying to sign the lease at the same time, I guess. 
So, uh, you know, for, for about five minutes, we were, you know, we were brokenhearted, thought we had to leave Rhode Island Avenue. And then we walked past another spot that was available, called the landlord and pretty much signed the lease that week. Perfect. So since you're fairly, well, a couple of years into D.C., what has surprised you most about being in D.C. or, or something that you didn't expect or, or the cafe itself? Because Yeah, well, I've been in D.C. personally for a long time. So I've been, right, you know, right. I've been bringing Zeke's to D.C. So we've we've at always known markets, right? at farmers markets, right um, at farmers markets and helping out with some of our uh, wholesale accounts down here in D.C. And, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was from the beginning, you know, noticing the differences between, you know, between Baltimore and D.C. Lots of differences. Yeah, yeah, coffee tastes, um, sort of, you know, uh, you know what people expect from a roastery. And, um, you know, that was another reason we thought, um, rather than being a Baltimore coffee roaster in D.C., we wanted to be, um, you know, we wanted to be a D.C. roaster in D.C. And, you know, it's a family business. We have strong ties uh, to our original shop in Baltimore. But, um, you know, we wanted to do things, um, you know, a little differently that would, you know, would work better in, in D.C. versus Baltimore. So what is the best-selling coffee in D.C. or your favorite? <laughs> I know my favorite is the Mexican Chiapas. That's my you favorite. You know, I, I, can't, I can't pick a favorite, you know. The, you like them all. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, right now, sort of my, you know, my flavor of the month is our Balinese Kintamani. It's, uh, I'm having that this morning. Oh, yeah? I think so. Balinese we, it's, something, yes. It's a... Um, it's a farm that we've worked with in the past and um, they uh, usually use the traditional Indonesian uh, coffee processing method um, on their beans which is they they wet haul them which creates a really earthy flavor in the beans that you buy from Indonesia um, this particular farm also um, was uh, you know just playing around with other methods and used what's more uh, common in East Africa called a natural processing method which uh, dries the beans inside the coffee cherry. So if you've ever seen coffee that's marketed as natural processed or sun-dried, you know, this is uh, what they're doing with the beans. And they offer the beans that way as well. And we thought it would be a great comparison and sort of, you know, a coffee lab type of thing to do to, you know, sort of educate, you know, coffee consumers. So uh, we tried out this new bean and it quickly became a staff favorite. Very good. And that's new? Fairly? That's a new one, yeah. Okay. I think the best selling is probably the Rock Creek Reserve. Okay. I'll have to try that. So what do you hope to see for Zeke's of D.C. in the next year or two? Anything that is coming <laughs> up or that you can tell us about or a crazy we're, idea? <clears throat> we're really excited about a lot of the new things that we've just launched. Uh, like I said, the, uh, you know, the cold brew on draft, both the straight cold brew and the nitro has been really exciting. Um, getting the patio open after a year of, of pushing for it. Um, we, you know, we spent a lot of time with that. We've, we're doing some uh, basic storefront upgrades. Um, you know, when we first started on Rhode Island Avenue, we knew that it was going to be sort of a mixed operation between, you know, coffee production and a coffee shop. And, uh, you know, the neighborhood has been so supportive. We wanted to make some up other upgrades to the coffee shop part of the, of the space. So aside from the outdoor seating, we're adding some additional inside uh, seating and, you know, uh, space for folks that are bringing their laptops in to do some work, add some additional weekend seating. So just doing some upgrades, working with a, a DC woodworker to do that. A guy actually who um, has a place called Live Edge Studio in Brookland. And he works with the uh, DC Arborist to get trees that, um, you know, the city decided had to be cut down in Brooklyn or in, in DC in general. And, uh, you know, he gets sort of first crack at these trees. So he, 
there's a uh, walnut tree that came down in D.C. and he's making a lot of counters, shelves, and you know furniture. Oh, he for made us. the shelf in front. In the, the front, okay, I yep. Saw that. And he's he's putting another one on the side, and we're moving the beans over to some new shelving that we're going to put on the wall on the other side of the shop. Okay. So, so we're doing that, and then besides that, you know, focusing on some of our uh, our wholesale customers to sort of you know get Zeke's out there into uh, other parts of the city, you know, and then you know in turn when people try, you know, are in you know. Whether it's downtown Dupont Circle or over in Alexandria, they you know have our coffee someplace, and then they you know make the trek out to Rhode Island Avenue and check out the roastery, which is you know what what we always wanted. Right. So I have not been into the Baltimore store, but I have driven past it, um, and I thought I saw that they have ice cream. <laughs> is that correct? And might we expect that here? They in do. DC? You know, both of us, uh, both both Zeke's work with uh, local other local businesses, and um, you know, we have we have coffee ice creams, coffee beers. Right. You know. Oh yes, we've talked about the beer, which <laughs> right, I want right. to know about that as well. So uh, in Baltimore, we're working with a, a family creamery in Baltimore to do a coffee ice cream, and here in D.C., we work with uh, Ice Cream Jubilee. And uh, they have a, a cold brewed coffee flavor, which is which is awesome for the summer. And um, yeah, you know, there's a, there's always things on the uh, so in, we in the might suggestion be able to find, box. Okay, so we'll <laughs> we'll find out about that. That sounds great. So, are there any upcoming events or tastings that uh, you have planned, or does it happen monthly? Or? Yeah, yeah, we have a sign up on our website, and um, we sort of we take a break um, usually for uh, you know. The, uh, for the spring as we're starting up our farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. Aside from, you know, roasting for the shop and our wholesale customers, we do 11 farmer's markets around D.C., which is another way to, you know, sort of get, uh, you know, get our name out there in, in D.C. outside of, you know, the Woodridge, Brooklyn neighborhoods. And, you know, then in turn, you know, get those folks to, uh, you know, make the trip out to the shop. So um, the spring is when farmers markets start, and they are in full swing now. And uh, once the initial, you know, craziness of the start of market season winds down, we resume tastings. So look for our next tasting, um, perhaps the end of June. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned social media. Can you let people know where to find Zeke's on social media? Yep. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, uh, at Zeke's Coffee DC. Perfect. And the address, I know you're on Rhode Island Avenue. It's 2300. Uh, 2300. So it's smack in the middle of the block between uh, Rita's and Art Enables. Perfect. Also, just to put this out there, I think that uh, doesn't Zeke's provide the coffee for the Christmas tree lighting? Or we do, yeah. At the we, White House, so that's something people should know. We we rarely turn down a a non a nonprofit request, and um, the um, the organizers of the uh, of the uh, of the tree lighting are sort of a special uh, uh, you know especially exciting for us when they when they've asked us the last two years to do the the coffee for the tree lighting. So. I've heard that the Obamas aren't big coffee people, so that's that's always been a little disappointing. But you know, at least their inner circle their and all the all the entertainers, people. you know, yeah. are are drinking Zeke's while they're you know staying warm at the at the tree lighting. So well, that's that's been choice. fun. Yeah, they have a good choice. So, thank you so much for speaking to us. Welcome to the Avenue. Thank you. And we will see you later today. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. For sure, tomorrow. <laughs> We've got the coffee. All right. We are joined now with. Uh, Ward 5 Council Member Kenyon McDuffie. Uh, we are honored to have you here, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, congratulations on uh, an anniversary for being Council Member, three years, right? 
Yeah, you know what? I stopped counting um, uh, after probably the first six months or so. That's when my, <laughs> my hair started turning grayer and grayer, and so you know, I lost track of time a little bit. Uh, you, you wear it well. It makes you, uh, it makes you look even more uh, wise than, than we already know you are. I will accept that as a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, uh, so um, this time of year is budget, budget season, and uh, FY16 budget has, uh, is a done deal, right? It is. Well, for the most part, we, we've got uh, one vote generally for the, what we refer to as the BRA, the Budget Request Act, and then two votes for the BSA, the Budget Support Act. The BRA, just think about the money, uh, and the BSA are, are the policies and the laws that we use to, to really implement and execute on the funding. Uh, the, without getting too far into the weeds, what's complicated that, though, is uh, the uh, circuit court for the District of Columbia uh, just sit down uh, a order vacating an opinion from the district court uh, that essentially ruled on our budget autonomy. Uh-huh. And again, I don't want to I don't want to bore you all with all the, the the gory details, but I'll just say it's complicated things in terms of how we approach uh, our budget in the District of Columbia. And so there are details still yet to be worked out, uh, but most of the heavy lifting has been done. Excellent, excellent news. <laughs> so, so what part of the FY16 budget uh, or parts do you think are going to be most beneficial to economic development here in Ward 5? And, you know, of course, in particular, because I'm partial to it, Rhode Island Avenue Main Street. Well, we've done a lot of great things. And, and this is, um, you know, in the context of a budget where we had to be mindful of a $193 million gap. Uh, so we we didn't see as much increased funding go uh, anywhere uh, around the city for the most part in terms of capital. We were sort of shifting dollars around. Uh, there were significant investments made in affordable housing, which is near and dear to my heart, near and dear to the residents of Ward 5 and across the District of Columbia. But in terms of economic development specifically, we made sure that we were able to keep uh, substantial funding in the budget for Rhode Island Avenue. Uh, as you know, we've been focused like a laser over the last three years on really increasing the funding uh, that goes to Rhode Island Avenue. It's one of the main streets, one of the uh, retail priority areas for Ward 5, in addition to North Capitol Street and Bladensburg Road, and now New York Avenue. And so uh, we're going to see streetscape dollars come right to Rhode Island Avenue, uh, $10 million. Uh, We're talking about repaving roads. We're talking about, you know, improving on the conditions. We're talking about undergrounding, in some cases, the power lines. Uh, and so we're making those types of significant investments to uh, try to make sure that resources are, are, are being distributed uh, to help businesses along the corridor. That is, uh, that's really exciting news. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that dollar amount. I'm glad to hear the word undergrounding, at least in part, 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 part of Rhode yeah. Island Avenue. Um, it's, a, it's a touchy subject for a lot of, a lot of folks in the area. Um, so I'm not going to count those chickens until, until they're hatched as we're, it were, but we're watching it closely. All right. We're watching all it right. Closely. Um, so you live here in ward five, obviously. Um, one of the things that, that our organization really tries to, to stand for is, is giving residents in the area a voice in the type of development and the type of businesses that come to the Rhode Island Avenue main street corridor. Um, and you know, you live here, uh, as, as a resident of the area, what, what types of businesses would you like to see come to Rhode Island Avenue Main Street? Well, you know what? I, I, I like the way you phrase that. What type of businesses would I like to see? I will tell you, uh, I'm already starting to see the types of businesses uh, that I'd like to see. And, and obviously, I'd like to see more, and I know you would too. 
Um, but, you know, just think about it. A few years ago, you know, we had Carl's, we had Wami's, we had Flip It, uh, but we didn't have as many other places as we have today. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, restaurants uh, down in Rhode Island Row. We've got uh, Zeke's where you can actually go and get some coffee and sit down. And so we, we've done a phenomenal job. And Michelle has her cup of Zeke's uh, right here today. And so, and I just left Flip It. Uh, and so I think it's a, it's a great combination between uh, some of the restaurants that have been a while, been around for some time and, and, and a number of new uh, restaurants uh, and coffee shops and also other places that provide amenities and then help to enhance the quality of life for uh, residents in Ward 5, uh, in particular in, in neighborhoods that are adjacent to Rhode Island Avenue. You can actually uh, you know, go get a great workout uh, at Chaos. As a matter of fact, I was talking to uh, Faith Hubbard, who I'm sure some of your listeners uh, will know from her work in uh, the War 5 Council on Education, and she told me that she has a, hope I'm not putting too much of her business out, but she's got a personal <laughs> trainer at Chaos, you know, and she can <clears throat> literally travel not too far from her house mm-hmm. uh, to go get a workout in the morning before she gets her day started. And just a few years ago, uh, you all know very well, we could not do that. And yeah. so we're really seeing in, our, in the midst of a renaissance in War 5, and it's because we've made a commitment uh, and government uh, to put our money where our mouths are, to make sure that uh, when we say that small business is the backbone of our local economy, it's not just a platitude. It's it's a philosophy. It's an approach to how we uh, help to transform the quality of life for residents uh, in War 5 and throughout the city. All right, and and we've got, uh, we've got a really great situation. Not only do we have uh, you as our Ward 5 council member, but we've got uh, council member Grosso, council member Bonds, council member uh, Orange. Orange, all all living here in Ward Five. Um, so I, I think we've got a lot of good representation on hand. I, I call it the Ward Five Caucus. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We, I, I've convened the caucus before, and we we talked about the priorities uh, as it relates to Ward Five. Obviously, their uh, jurisdiction uh, extends across the entire city. Uh, I like to think and know uh, that they have a personal affinity for Ward 5, given that the investment they made before they were on the council uh, to live here and to raise families here mm. uh, means a lot uh, to them, and, and they're working hand-in-hand with me uh, to make sure that we can continue to, to really fight for the residents of Ward 5, to, to make sure that we're represented uh, when uh, the budget is being debated and discussed uh, and that resources are being allocated equitably uh, so that Ward 5 benefits as well. So we've got several new deputy mayors uh, in the city and um, a new deputy mayor's office, uh, deputy mayor for a greater economic opportunity, uh, Courtney Snowden. Um, how do you see that office uh, interacting with, uh, with programs like Main Street or uh, Great Streets, as the, as the case may be here in D.C.? What, um, what, what do you see as, uh, as our best bet in, in making – use of of the fact that those resources exist let me just start out by saying i i know courtney pretty well and 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 she is phenomenal um and for that matter i think the that mayor bowser has uh surrounded herself uh with respect to uh, her economic development team with some really solid uh professionals uh and i'm encouraged by that i've had you know really great conversations with uh both uh, Courtney Snowden, who's the deputy mayor for Greater Economic Opportunity, as well as Brian Kenner, mm-hmm. who's the deputy mayor uh, for Planning and Economic Development. And, uh, you know, they understand the priorities that we have in Ward 5, and, and they are, uh, you know, at the direction of the mayor uh, through conversations that she and I have had 
helping to, to place the focus and emphasis on those uh, priorities that we've identified. Uh, we've been able to do a lot of great things. Uh, they've continued, in some cases, progress that has already begun uh, before they arrive uh, and uh, you know, are, are working really hard on areas like Rhode Island Avenue. I had a meeting with the mayor specifically about uh, Rhode Island Avenue and the investments that needed to be in the budget. Uh, she made sure, working with me, that those investments are, are still in the budget. We talked about uh, the pedestrian bridge uh, and the great uh, the, the, the fact that it's open now and people are able to use that uh, to get from one side of the, the Route 1 to the other. And so I'm really pleased to have uh, Courtney there and, and, and have that focus to make sure, I mentioned the word uh, equitable earlier, uh, it's making sure that areas of the city uh, uh, have opportunity uh, to grow. It's when I say that, you know, we want to make sure that Rhode Island Avenue businesses, uh, we're attracting new businesses. Uh, we can't forget that we ought to also retain existing Absolutely. businesses. I mentioned Carl Subs, which is a staple yep. uh, on Rhode Island Avenue. I talked about Flip It. I talked about uh, Wami, where, where I still go quite frequently. My daughters and my, my wife uh, really love it. Uh, we want to make sure that they can not only uh, stay here, but that they can grow their businesses and expand and Absolutely. hire more residents. Uh, to work, and so um, yeah, we've been really supported by uh, both deputy mayors that I mentioned, as well as the mayor in that regard. That's fantastic to hear. We we have a uh, we have a standing commitment to making sure that any business here on Rhode Island Avenue that wants to uh, survive and thrive on Rhode Island Avenue has access to the tools to do that. So it's fantastic to hear that those deputy mayor offices are, are going to be equally supportive. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting time to be uh, in warfare right now. As you can tell, people are flocking uh, to areas like Wooder Ridge, to areas like uh, Eckington, Edgewood. Uh, and so we want to make sure that they continue to come. At the same time, we want to make sure that those residents, those long-term residents who've been here for quite a while, also get to enjoy the amenities. Uh, and, and we're seeing those types of partnerships. Uh, Good Food Market is an example. Uh, they opened up uh, and, and really have you know, filled a void with respect to access to healthy food options, uh, working with AARP and others to make sure that we uh, can identify the needs and the wants of our seniors in the surrounding community uh, so that they can shop uh, at the market as well. And so uh, these are just phenomenal examples of how uh, government can work with uh, the business community uh, to make sure that residents benefit. And so... Uh, I'm just really excited about where we are uh, and even more excited about what the future holds. Yes, thank you. And thank you for bringing up Good Food Market. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I was going to, uh, to bring up to discuss, you know, Good Food Market, uh, they've got a commitment to um, paying a living wage. They uh, just had a successful Kickstarter campaign, and one of the targets of, of their expenditures uh, for their Kickstarter funds is going to be a delivery service for seniors as needed. Um, they have great uh, discounts for SNAP and EBT um, recipients. Um, and they, they're an example of, of hiring here within the neighborhood. Everybody that works there lives in the neighborhood. Um, and you just introduced some legislation uh, for, for some hiring practices. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, so what I did was, uh, and if you recall, um, uh, last year we, we really um, – I want to give a shout-out to, to the uh, President CEO of the D.C. Chamber of Commerce, Harry Wingo. Uh, I work really closely with Harry as well as a number of other uh, stakeholders to uh, pass what is commonly referred to as a band-the-box amendment, uh, which essentially said that uh, businesses uh, can't 
check the criminal history of a job applicant uh, unless and until they've extended them uh, a conditional offer of employment. And so uh, by all accounts, thus far, it's been successful, uh, and we were able to sit down with the business community why we were making those decisions. Uh, and so I was excited about that. Uh, just last week, I introduced a piece of legislation which is, uh, you know, although similar in some respects, it's a little different because it has a broader uh, impact, uh, and that is uh, legislation that would uh, limit the way that uh, employers uh, uh, check or use the credit history of applicants uh, unless and until they've made a conditional offer of employment. Uh, we really want to um, do as much as we can to uh, create an environment where uh, District of Columbia residents can uh, obtain meaningful employment to take care of themselves and their families. And, uh, it, you know, a lot of the data uh, demonstrates that uh, credit history has little uh, to no impact on the performance of a person once they get hired. But in some cases, in many cases, it can be used uh, to screen out uh, applicants before they've had an opportunity to make their case for their mm -hmm. qualifications. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after the last half dozen years, I mean, who doesn't have some issues on their credit every now and yeah, then? Yeah, and what data shows is that, you know, it primarily uh, negatively impacts uh, those who have lower incomes and those who have struggled in other areas of their lives. Uh, but, again, doesn't necessarily speak to their ability uh, to perform on the job. And so we want to make sure that we try to level the playing field as, uh, to the extent we can uh, so that people can compete in the workforce. Yep. Well, uh, Councilmember McDuffie, I know you are on a compressed time schedule today. I really appreciate you taking time out to come uh, chat with us for a few minutes. Um, any other announcements or uh, big, big things we need to know about? Um, you know, just stay tuned. We are doing a lot of amazing things, working with you, Kyle, Michelle, and all the folks uh, uh, at the Main Streets uh, to make sure that uh, Rhode Island Avenue has all the resources it needs. I, I got to give a shout out uh, just because uh, obviously we have other areas as well like North Capitol uh, Main Street we've got uh, H Street Main Street that's working on our Bladensburg Road corridors and we we also have a, a really intense uh, focus on New York Avenue right now we're doing some really amazing things and trying to uh, uh, continue to see the growth at Union Market uh, and really spur economic development further up New York Avenue all the way to the gateway uh, we should see a grand gateway when you come from uh, BWI Airport or off Route 50 into the nation's capital, you should know that you are arriving yep. uh, into Washington, D.C. Uh, the same way I feel about Rhode Island Avenue. When you come from uh, Hyattsville or Mount Rainier uh, into the District of Columbia through Route 1, uh, you should know that you're arriving into the nation's capital and you're on Rhode Island Avenue, one of the most historic uh, corridors in the country. Uh, and we're going to continue to work to make sure those resources are available uh, to organizations like yours. Uh, and to business owners who have stuck it out through some of the tough times and some of the new ones as well. We're seeing that balance. We're seeing uh, new businesses pop up along the corridor, and that is an encouraging sign. We want to keep that going. Well, thank you very much. It's great great to hear on all counts. Uh, I know that uh, I can probably very easily speak for the other Main Street programs in the area to say thank you for your support on that. Um, Michelle, any questions? Any, uh... No questions. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Michelle, you're so easy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Councilmember Kenya McDuffie. Thank you, Kyle. Thank appreciate you. it. Bye-bye. Please be sure to tune in to us next week, where we'll be joined by Dwayne Johnson of MS Barber. And Tim Flanagan, the Executive Director of Washington Area Community Investment Fund. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, be sure and tune in next week.